We are live. Hi, everybody. We're live. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm going to put my uh, laptop here. So first off, as usual, everybody tell me, uh, can you hear me? Can you see me? Is everything okay? Uh, I've got my mic going and my camera here. This should be coming in really well. But you guys got to tell me in the chat if you can hear and uh, and see me. Yep. Okay. Big <laughs> Brig Yeet says, yep, everything sounds good, looks good, great. Uh, a bit blurry. Wow, I'm getting crystal clear, Lori, on mine. So maybe that's a bandwidth issue. But you can see me and hear me. So, um, yeah, no idea this was happening. This was totally impromptu. Uh, I decided I would do a live stream this week because um, I wanted um, my wife, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> to be um, part of this. She's helping me moderate some of the comments, but if you guys have questions for her, she is more than happy to answer as well as, as me on the live stream here. And um, I did this on a Saturday night like this because I have not usually done it at this time. I usually do it on Sunday mornings, but I wanted people who are usually sleeping or otherwise occupied on Sunday mornings to have an opportunity to chat. And so I'm doing it here this Saturday evening. Uh, so yeah, so woot, there you go, guys. Um, okay, let's see here. So we've got chats coming in. We got uh, we got uh, comments coming in here. I um, didn't particularly set up anything to to talk about beforehand, except to say that um, I posted. What did I post this week? I had uh, I had this podcast I posted today. Um, I know it's the holiday weekend and stuff, but it's um, it hasn't had uh, great responses. Um, but it was just a kind of a chat with another friend of mine. I wanted to kind of throw out there that two non-expert people who like to engage in critical thinking and are on really different ends of the political spectrum on many issues, Brandon and I, my friend, uh, and I do not see alike on a lot of things. But we're good friends, and we are able to to talk with each other uh, in a fairly calm, rational way. And I wanted to kind of throw that out there and, and put some a little bit of uh, – um, in my podcast this week, I wanted to put a little bit of a, um, you know, walk the walk, not just talk the talk in terms of how I talk about how, you know, we can be tolerant and understanding and helpful and, and, and in communication with people that we don't necessarily agree with and kind of get along anyway. Um, so anyway, just thought that I'd throw that out there this week and see what was what. But, uh, but you know, I... I am interested in what you guys want to see on my channel. I'm very, very interested in producing content that is interesting and informative and educational and entertaining for you guys. Um, and, of course, that also falls within the purview of something um, I want to talk about and do, too. So, um, so having produced as much content as I have about Scientology, I'm interested in expanding the scope of the channel beyond just that. And so that's what you, you know, see in some of my more recent content. But it doesn't mean that I'm done talking about Scientology or cults or anything like that, especially cults. I mean, I, I don't want to necessarily focus only on Scientology so much anymore. But I do want to continue talking about the psychology, sociology, and everything else connected with 
coercive persuasion and thought control and and the things that you know people get up to and some of the some of the goofiness that goes on. So that's kind of what I would like to do with my channel. But I know some people only come here for the Scientology, and I hope that. You know, I just want to put out there that I hope some of you guys will stay for some of the other content, too, because I, I work pretty hard on it, and I want you guys to get something out of it. Okay, so let's see here. Um, what do we got? All right, a couple questions here. Were there? Oh, okay, great. Let's get, let's get into some questions now. This is a Q&A. Were there any women at the Flat Earth Convention? People of color, describe please. Okay. Uh, yes, there were women at the Flat Earth Convention I went to this this last, I think it was about a week ago now. Um, there, In fact, there was even a panel of four women who were there who were, who the, the panel was, was, panel discussion was called Women in Flat Earth or Involved in Flat Earth. And so, um, so there was that representation there. Uh, and a lot of couples, a lot of people who, um, a lot of people I talked to uh, were not just there individually. There were guys there who were there individually, of course. Um, and I would say it was more guy heavy than, you know, than women, but there were a, a lot of women there. Um, people of color, yes. Uh, a couple of the, at least one of the presenters was. Um, a, a black man, and I actually talked with him. He was the person who took a level on an airplane to prove that airplanes, you know, once they go up to cruising altitude, the flat earthers think that the plane flying level indicates that the earth must be flat because the plane is flying level with the flat earth, right? If you can kind of get that idea. But their point is that the earth is curved. It's this big curve, right? And so if the plane is flying level, then that then that they it, it couldn't fly level because it would fly right off the end of the earth. So therefore the plane has to be making constant adjustments downward to stay with the curve of the earth. So this guy took a level, like a like a craftsman level, on the plane so that he could watch and see when it when it did its downward adjustments. And the plane never did do any downward adjustments because that's not necessary on an airplane. <laughs> and um, he had video of this, he had video of other similar demonstrations and, and experiments <laughs> that he did. And it was actually watching him that I realized that, you know, that these guys are just really, really, really bad scientists. So that was, um, but, he, but anyway, there were people of color there. They were just definitely in the minority. Um, okay, so that was that's that question. Um, let's see. I canceled DirecTV due to the Scientology channel. Anything new with that train wreck? LOL. Um, not really. You know, Scientology TV is just sort of going to continue meandering on into, you know, the same kind of apathetic ruination that everything else Scientology does. Um, they just put out, I think a couple of weeks ago, they put out what they're calling season two. They're apparently dividing their shows into seasons. Uh, I don't think they're parallel with the same kind of seasons you see like on Netflix or on regular network TV or HBO or something where you have a 13-episode run or a 26-episode run. That's not really how Scientology TV works. Their season is like four or five new shows or something, maybe six or seven. 
and okay, here we go, season two, and they make all the staff and the Sea Org watch. And and uh, if you saw that update video I did, uh, I think about a month ago or or a few weeks ago on Scientology, um, then the inside data is that the staff and the Sea Org are, are pretty much as uninterested in watching that stuff as we are, but they are forced to uh, watch it and sign a test forms that they have done so. So that's that's kind of what I can say about Scientology TV at this point. Uh, let's see here. What do we got coming in on some of these comments? Just looking th- through here. Um, oh, about that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you put that one on there? Okay, good. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Just going back and forth on some of this. Um, all right, I'd love to hear how you and your wife met. Here, why don't you tell the story of how we met? <laughs> okay. I'll, so, I'll take your place okay, he's going to take my place. Okay, so the way we met uh, originally, there's this place in Denver called the Secular Hub. And it's basically where all the heathens that had no religion hang out. And um, we met there, sort of, kind of knew each other, but not. And then uh, our friend came into town, who's a stand-up comedian. Uh, and she was doing a couple shows, and she invited us both out. And uh, Chris took liking to me. And then I had just gotten out of a relationship a month or two or so before that. So I was kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. But then he convinced me otherwise. So <laughs> <laughs> it, was really, it was really hard convincing. Yeah, it took it was, like two weeks. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> really difficult. Uh, let's see. freedom when you left. All right. Let's get back to... This, oops, not that, not that. Doing a little <laughs> texting here. Okay, All right. good. All right, come back over here. <laughs> it's live, folks. This is what we get when we're doing it live. Okay, so the next question is, um, uh, any update with Bill Gothard and what is the lady doing now? I guess you're talking about Christiana, the one I interviewed and also did another video with about Bill Gothard and his wonderful uh, Advanced Training Institute and Institute of Basic Life Principles, IBLP. Um, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to what's happening with Bill Gothard since I did those two videos and put them up. Um, I spent a lot of research time on those, working with Christiana about it. She's doing fine, as far as I know. Uh, she and I are not really in touch a whole lot at this point, but um, uh, but you know she's getting on with her life. And uh, and as far as I know, there was a lawsuit against Bill Gothard. Now I don't know all the details of this. The lawsuit was was somehow dropped or canceled or or thrown out, and that was really a bummer. Um, but I don't, I can't speak to anything more than that. And that's very, and that's months old information. So that's, that's pretty much what I know about that. Hey, super chat. Thank you, Cynthia. Love the super chats. Thanks for that, uh, that little contribution there. Really appreciate it. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Oh yes. The flat earth convention. I know you said you have a detailed video coming up. But was there any actual evidence presented? I know, dumb question, LOL. Yeah, no, there wasn't. That was the whole, that was kind of the frustrating part about it. I was there to talk to flat earthers about how and why they believed in the flat earth conspiracy and what got them into it, what drove them to it, what convinced them, what, at what point did they switch over. Talked to quite a few people about that, watched a lot of stuff on stage. The, the stage presenters sort of told their story in a roundabout way when they were doing their presentations. But the 
the uh, quality of evidence they were presenting was about on par with that whole example I just gave you about taking a carpenter's level onto an airplane. That's kind of where these guys are at, you know, and they, uh, if they can't see it with their own two eyes or somehow verify it themselves, then it just can't be true. And they can't believe anybody except the Bible or scientists who agree with them. Uh, they can't agree with any scientists that don't agree with them. So they just kind of, this is why I keep harping on the word denialism, excuse me, in connection with flat earthers is because they deny there's a body of information about physics and gravity and space time and, and electromagnetism and, and the light and refraction. And there's, there's just a ton of information that has been developed over the centuries about all this stuff. And they take about 80% of it. I'm just, you know, kind of throwing that out there, but about 80% of it. And they just throw it in the trash can say, Nope, I don't believe any of that. Gravity does not exist, which is a fascinating statement all in itself because it's kind of like, really? Gravity doesn't exist. Okay, that's that's fascinating. Um, but that's what they say. And uh, and they proceed from that launching point and with so many logical fallacies in their thinking, so much anger in them as well because they, they, some of these people are very angry people. And with the screwy understanding of what science actually is, their ability to produce evidence that the earth is actually flat and, and make a compelling case about it is kind of for the birds. They really don't do a good job. And uh, they think they're doing a great job. And boy, do they spend a lot of time researching all the little details of their side of the story. But they're only having to do all that because they're so heavily engaged in the denialism of the bulk of information that disproves what they're having to say. Okay, hope that answered that question, um, but keep the comments coming here. We'll keep up with it. Um, let's see if you, okay, I was just wondering if you were genuinely concerned you were losing your spiritual freedom when you left, or were you convinced it was a fraud by then? When I left the C organization and I stopped working for that group, I was still absolutely convinced that Scientology had the answers to life, the universe, and everything. I was sure that... Um, I wanted to continue doing Scientology so that I could get to those OT levels and learn about all this stuff. And that was before I knew anything about Xenu or the, what the OT levels consisted of. I hadn't gone down the rabbit hole yet. After I left the Sea Org and I started getting mistreated, even you know more than <laughs> I had already been, um, I went down that internet rabbit hole and found out it was all a fraud. And at that point, I was done. And the whole idea of losing my eternity was not really a, a consideration or a problem for me anymore because I knew L. Ron Hubbard and David Miscavige were bald-faced, you know, pathological liars. David Miscavige much worse than that in, in many ways. And that um, the whole thing had been founded on a whole bunch of, you know, a whole pile of nonsense, which I had not just been, I just hadn't been looking at it as nonsense. Uh, again, denialism, right? I mean, I had... I do have firsthand experience with what that's like. So um, so that was kind of my viewpoint about that. <laughs> I've mentioned before one time, I'll mention again here, that um, that that the 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 years of conditioning of the danger of the OT levels and especially OT3, the danger of the Xenu story, 
still lingered in the back of my mind, right? And the day after I read about the Xenu story and I really got the whole picture, I got all the L. Ron Hubbard references and issues and stuff that I downloaded from WikiLeaks and I read it all. And I started getting a little sick the next day. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh my God, maybe it is real. <laughs> just for a millisecond. You know, just for a millisecond, because, of course, I told myself to, you know, shut the hell up. But since then, I haven't had any concerns about losing my eternity as far as Scientology goes. Um, so, <laughs> so somebody says, so we should look at, sec at the secular hub for husbands. Um, <laughs> no, I, I no, I, I would not recommend that. I don't think it's a, it's, I don't think it's a place for for singles hangouts to find <laughs> that. No, I we I, I mean, we met at the secular hub, but we really didn't get together until later, and and that was through Helen. You know that that night she invited us both to a comedy night, so that's when we really started. You know, like oh, I want to go out with you now, sort of thing. So. Yeah. Ruthie uh, J hooked up with the secular. Did home. they? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. May, you know, maybe <laughs> I just am, uh, you know, a goofball on that. Maybe, maybe the secular hub is exactly where you should go <laughs> to find the person you're looking for. Um, I will certainly recommend going to the secular hub, by the way. Uh, I think it's, I think a good healthy dose of, of, of truth is a good thing to get from time to time. Kathy Bergman asks, do you think Scientology will lose their tax exemption in the foreseeable future? It is so disturbing that our tax dollars continue to support such evil and greed. Kathy, I could not agree with you more how frustrating it is. And unfortunately, um, I don't particularly see them losing their tax exemption anytime soon. Now, I say that not knowing exactly what's coming in season three of Leah, Leah's show, Scientology in the Aftermath. I know that they... Um, wanted to take some some moves in that direction, bringing more pressure on the IRS and the authorities to to do something about Scientology. I don't know what the results of that were. I mean, they're still tax exempt as far as I know, so I'm not expecting any miracles with season three. And I don't, I'm not aware of any other work being done behind the scenes that is going to turn that condition around anytime soon. I'm always open to learning, you know, hoping that, that there is some kind of work being done on that. But honestly, I think that given the, the, the number of the small number of people who are on the line to make that call in the first place, I mean, we're talking about the secretary of the Treasury. We're talking about the IRS commissioner. You know, that's the, only about two or three people who are in a position to, to even start that investigation and, and really get it going. And I just don't see that we have the political will or uh, pressure to make that happen now. So I'm not holding my breath on that. Uh, B. Phillips says, what was the best snack on sale at the canteen when you were in, in your opinion? <laughs> uh, okay, so this would be at the Sea Org canteen, I'm, I'm thinking. And um, they had candy bars, they had, uh, hell, they had Pop-Tarts at one point. Um, they, let's see, best snack, I think was probably, um, oh, I really liked, I liked, I liked some of the ice cream. Uh, yeah, I think that was the best. They had some, uh, some, some chocolate ice cream. That was pretty good. Uh, let's see here. Kyle Howart will, oh, Kyle Howart. Okay. Sorry. There's a little space here. 
Will you be doing any more cult interviews like Bill Gothard's? Uh, yes, I, I think I will be. Um, at least, uh, yes, I'm. I've, I'm in talks with somebody right now about how we're going to go about doing that with with one woman, and I'm always on the lookout for more. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure I'll be doing more interviews with people along that line. They don't come along every day, mind you. You know, um, they. You know, it's it's kind of got to find these things or or because it's it's not so much that there's a lack of people who are being victimized by cults out there but people who are willing to speak up about it and then um and then getting all the details and working all that out it can be um it, you know it can be some work setting those things up andrea hi guys can you please do more three apostates with lloyd and jonathan so fascinating comparing the top three cults yes andrea we will be in fact we have a show planned right now um and i just need to get it scheduled so i'm going to be setting that up soon i think uh probably sometime in the next month or so you'll see another three apostates episode uh jules k says also just a suggestion but can you can do commentary vids on season three of the aftermath show i know you've done them in the past it would be great to hear your opinion regarding the emotional aftermath yes um yeah i wanted to jump on that jehovah's witness episode right away when that happened and lloyd and i scheduled out to talk about that the day after the jehovah's witness episode um i am i am uh uh sure that i will do uh, one or two videos uh commenting on season three as it rolls out um Okay, another question. Have you heard of the cult of the children of God, a.k.a. the family? And could you interview any one of the ex-members? Yes, I've heard of that group. Yes, it is a horrible, awful group. And um, yes, I'd, again, I'd be happy to interview an ex-member from that group. I just need to contact somebody who would be willing to do so. Uh, if you guys who are asking these questions, by the way, know people out there who do fit these bills, do send them my way. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about this stuff. Uh, okay. Have you ever thought about talking to a recovering gambling addict on your show? Some orders are so obvious to me as I worked in one for five years. Some people spend 18 hours per day there. I have not. Addiction has not been a topic that I have particularly tackled. With the closest I've come to that is doing a uh, podcast with a former a guy who was a recovering alcoholic, and we talked about AA. I'd received a lot of questions about whether Alcoholics Anonymous as an entity, as a group itself was a destructive cult. And we, and he had done the program and he had opinions about that. And he was a pretty smart guy. So we did a podcast interview about it and we determined that it pretty much wasn't a destructive cult, not in the same flavor or way that groups like the family or Jehovah's Witnesses or Scientology are. It's not to say that there are not individual AA groups that can that they can get really culty. That can happen. It all depends on who's running the show. Because remember, a destructive cult is not an odd belief system or even an abusive group. It's an abusive relationship between a leader and followers and a, a sort of a codependent relationship. And there's a whole bunch of other characteristics to it. So I am... I try to be specific and exact as I can about it, even though it's a non, it's kind of a unspecific and, and uh, inexact science we're dealing with here when we're talking about, you know, ex extremism and destructive cults. Um, but anyway, I sort of determined that AA wasn't something. Now, as far as gambling addiction goes, yeah, there is certainly a lot of codependent behavior and 
um, and victim type behavior from people who suffer from addiction. Um, and so there's all going to be all kinds of parallels, but I haven't, but it's not, that's not really the subject matter of my channel. And it's certainly something I am not at all expert in when, when it comes to addiction. So I'd have to say the answer to that question would be no. Um, do you know, here's an interesting question. Do you know of any connection between L. Ron Hubbard and uh, Ayn Rand? I've always called her Ayn Rand. Is it Ayn Rand? Anyway, so I, yeah, Melissa's nodding, yes. So Ayn Rand. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if they crossed paths as they peddled selfishness. <laughs> I don't know that L. Ron Hubbard ever met Ayn Rand. He never mentions her that I recall in any lecture or book or issue that he wrote. Um, certainly they were contemporaries, uh, but I, um, I could not speak to LRH's connection. And I'd, I'd say there isn't a connection, but, um, perhaps some connection politically or perhaps some connection culturally that they both, you know, were raised with similar values or something that they came up with this idea of, I, I know what you're talking about with the, with the selfishness, um, but that's that's all I can really comment on on that. I've I've never saw or heard of any connection there. Uh, James Weston, my biggest loss from leaving Scientology was the loss of purpose. What can compete with saving the universe? Yeah, no kidding. Did you also struggle with this, and how did you overcome it? Yes, I definitely definitely struggled with this. It took me a couple of years, even after getting this channel going, to realize that I wasn't going to save the world. And that I wasn't going to even make that big of a difference in the world at large. I, you know, I'd like to, I do, who wouldn't, but I don't think I'm going to. And it's been a gradual progression of learning about the world and acclimating to it that has sort of made that clear to me. And I have worked to replace that with something else that will be satisfying and interesting and useful to other people. Um, and I'm still working on that, actually. Um, I can't necessarily tell you right now as I stand here that I have a five-year plan or a 10-year plan or some big goal that I'm trying to get to at this point, ex except in general terms of trying to help educate and inform and maybe through some way through what I do here, maybe I can help some people out so that they have an easier time getting along in the world, viewing, you know, the craziness of the uh, of what we experience, you know, on a day to day basis, some of the random craziness that goes on um, and just kind of make life a little bit better for people. That's a, I know that's a really platitudinous generalized statement, but that's kind of what goes on in my head at this point. And uh, and I'm working on focusing that into something more precise and. You know, I hadn't, I, I mentioned, uh, I think, uh, quite a while ago, the idea of going back to school, maybe getting more education, becoming a therapist or something in that direction, where I could, you know, get some letters after my name and get a little bit more um, umph behind some of what I have to talk about. But we'll see, you know, that when, I, when you tackle the cost and logistics of doing something like that versus what I love doing, which is this. You know, I'd have to kind of pull back on a lot of this if I was going to go do that. Don't know that I want to. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, back and forth with this. And it's okay, I think, um, that it takes some time. It's it's not something you have to decide right now or tomorrow or next month or even next year. 
you know, as a former member of a destructive cult, the best thing you can do is just go out and live life and do what you want to do, whether it means something or not. If it means something to you, do it, (laughs) you know, and maybe it'll develop into something that you never even imagined would, would come your way. That's kind of, you know, how my life has gone in some ways. And it developed into this really great platform here that I, that I have to talk to you guys and, and get feedback from you. So, uh, so maybe your life will go in a similarly different direction than I thought mine was going to go. And, you know, just take your time and, and it'll sort out uh, as you apply yourself to it. You know, that's, that's uh, best short advice I can give. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, have you ever met Larry Brennan when you were in the Sea Org? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't know about him or hear about him uh, or, or her, I should say, because Larry transitioned at the end of his life or her life. Um, I never met uh, Brennan. <laughs> For, I'm sorry, Denise, I think. I can't remember what Larry changed his name to. But um, anyway, no, didn't meet him. Hey, Chris, hope you're doing well. Also, what are your thoughts about the preview for season three for Scientology and the Aftermath? Also, what would you, um, what would I do for a Klondike bar? (laughs) I'd do anything for a Klondike bar. (laughs) Anything. Uh, Okay, as far as season three goes, I'm very much looking forward to it. I've seen a few of the episodes uh, Leah sent me. They are awesome. Um, first episode was great. The Jehovah's Witness episode was great. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as much as you guys are. And I'm looking forward to you guys seeing the episodes I've seen. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because they were powerful. Uh, still very, you know, gut wrenching, um, you know, just bam, right between the eyes kind of, kind of shows. All right. What else we got here? Uh, is there another high control group you hope Leah might do a special on like she did with the JWs? Uh, the most I've seen comments and feedback on are the Mormons, which which I found interesting. Uh, I'd love to see her do something on the Mormons. That would be that would be quite interesting. Um, otherwise, she would probably do an amazing job if she took on Nexium also. Nexium is pretty high profile, not huge, not a very large group, though. So um, so I don't know, you know, if that would be something she's even interested in taking on. As far as I know, it's not. But, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, did you ever explore the Affinity Exchange, a Scientology dating site? I don't remember the lady's name who began and ran it, who, uh, and I am not sure if it still exists. Yeah, me neither. I can't remember her name. I actually did know that at one point. And the Affinity Exchange was something that I only learned about after I was in the Sea Org. So that wasn't something I, uh, oh, no, 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 no. I did learn about it when I was a staff member back in Santa Barbara, and I think I looked it up a couple times. But, um, oh, God, now I'm, now I'm trying to think if that was even, if that was even possible. I definitely did hear about it before I was in the Sea Org somehow, or I heard or it's something, something about dating sites or Scientologists getting together with Scientologists and this affinity exchange. Um, but I never, I never got online with it. I know that. And I didn't um, like sign up for it or I don't recall ever signing up with it. Uh, and I always thought it was kind of silly, you know, personally, because online dating is kind of silly. Uh, I, I, you know, I certainly never had any uh, joy with that and, uh, and I don't recommend it to anybody else. 
but that's about all I ever learned about with that. Not, a, I, you know, some people in Scientology, I'm trying to think of uh, things I heard from other Scientologists about it. Um, I think I knew a couple people who had met through it or who talked about it, but it was never really like, I, I never really heard any like glowing success stories or amazing things coming out of the affinity exchange. Uh, okay, also, you know what I love about the live Q&As, by the way, is we get through a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so let's keep, let's keep going here. I'm not seeing any of the other comments right now when Melissa is just helping me with the questions right now. So I'm just taking them rat a tat tat. Uh, are we? Am I, am I missing some good ones? I hope I'm not missing too much. All right. Uh, so let's see here. Um, also, I have a quick question. Hope I'm not bothering you. But also, did you experience a significant weight loss or any physical or emotional issues once you were at the RPF? Okay, well, you certainly aren't bothering me. I'm here to answer questions. <laughs> and yes, I definitely experienced a significant weight loss when I was on the RPF, and I have gained it back and more since. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I got a little tummy now that I'm uh, coming up on 49. You know, the body just isn't as forgiving as it used to be. Uh, I was in great shape when I was on the RPF, and I don't recommend it to anybody. But I was in very good shape by necessity. Uh, all right. Let's see what else we got here. Let me go back up. All right. Will you do a little reflection on that missionary, John Chow, who was killed by the Sentinel? Oh, yeah, Sentinelese. Do you think they should be prosecuted for murder, for example? Hell no. I don't think they should be prosecuted for murder. Um, this guy, now this is all according to what I've read, and I have read very little about this. But, um, as far as I understand it, these are a protected people who are left alone because the chance of disease wiping them out, uh, like practically overnight, is is real. That's a real threat for these people who have been extremely isolated and alone forever. I mean, I think they're one of the last of the of the cultures that exists in planet Earth that has not been particularly tampered with or looked into that much. Um, so they're in this protected place and people warn anybody going, you know, this guy was warned, don't go there. And he went there and they tried and they, you know, they intimidated him and he left and then he went back. This is what I have read about this. If I'm wrong, fine, but this is what I read. And then he got shot and killed, uh, you know, with a bow and arrow. Well, he, he was given every ample warning and opportunity to not do that, and he did it anyway. So as far as I'm concerned, the onus of that is 1,000% on him. Nobody forced him to go down there and do that. Nobody wanted him to go down there and do that except him. And, uh, and, and the fact is, from what I understand, he could have single-handedly wiped out all those people trying to bring God to them by bringing his germs to them at the same time. That's what I know about that. Uh, let's see here. Kyle Haworth, you hear of stories of people struggling to live on the outside world. Have you ever thought about going back in despite how cruel it was because of the withdrawal symptoms? It's a good question. And um, no, I haven't. I've never thought about, um, I've never, let me put it this way. I've never seriously considered going back to Scientology. I have thought the only the only things I've thought about with with that are missing my old friends. Uh, that has been the toughest part of the of the, the disconnection with people who now hate my guts and think I'm scum of the earth. 
um, that kind of sucks, you know, because those were people that I really liked and really had a connection with and, and worked with and, and around for years and years. So, um, so that was kind of a bummer and I miss that. I wish I could do something about that. But, um, but as far as going back in because of the difficulties I might have in life or some of the ups and downs that I've experienced, hell no, absolutely not. The worst low I have ever had out in the real world is better than the best high I ever had in Scientology. Because the thing about the highs in Scientology is you knew you had to go back to post and get back to work. And then within an hour, whatever high you were experiencing was completely gone because somebody's yelling and screaming at me or because of the pressure of the work and the scheduling of the work and the, just the demands of it. It, was, it, it just kind of made all those gains that I was having uh, when I did have them, you know, few and far between, uh, pretty insignificant, you know, in the bigger picture. And that sort of thing, you know, degraded my faith in the topic over the years. And, you know, one of the reasons why I left. Uh, let's see here. Scari Navarro. Also, I needed to ask, have you ever heard of the Hebrew Israelites? Also, hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. Have I heard of the Hebrew Israelites? Yes, I, I definitely have. Uh, I'm not sure if there was an earlier question or comment or something on that, but that I don't know what else to say that one. Uh, let's see. Janet, Rising Wits, why do they get away with tax-exempt status? <laughs> um, I've answered this question many, many times, Janet. Please check out my podcast interviews on the Sensibly Speaking podcast with Jeffrey Augustine. Any of them. We talk about this. We've talked about this a number of times. Uh, and, and there's a lot to know about it. It's not, and the reason I'm going to reference you to those podcasts is because the answer is too long for me to take up in this format of a show. Uh, just wanted to say, I can't wait to binge watch. Oh, the same comment there. Can't wait to binge watch all your vids. Glad I found your channel not too long ago. So what's your favorite movie in general? Can't think of a clever question, LOL. Oh, okay. Um, thank you very much for, for your comment there. I can't wait for you to binge watch all my videos too. Um, and my favorite movie in general. Okay. Now people would think that it's star Wars. I mean, that's Han Solo's gun right there. I've got an X-wing. I've got star Wars stuff all over my house. I love star Trek too. I actually like star Trek more than star Wars, especially after Disney got hold of it. And, um, but my favorite movie of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, that movie kind of changed my life in some ways. I mean, I was like 10 years old when it came out. Harrison Ford was, was like a Greek god to me. I, I just wanted to be him when I was growing up. And Raiders of the Lost Ark was a movie I went and saw in the theater 17 times. 17 individual trips to the theater. And then, of course, when it came out on, you know, VHS, I bought it. And DVD, I bought it, you know. And I've I just seen it countless times. It's just, I, it's, it's like the perfect adventure movie as far as I'm concerned. Even though I'm fully aware of the fact that if you look at the timeline of events that occur in that movie and you take Indiana Jones out of it, everything still happens exactly the way it happens in the movie. <laughs> I'm aware of that. But I... I just loved that movie. And um, my other favorite movie, because I need to actually answer this it, it, with two, is because um, it's my other favorite movie, and it's the one I think is one of the best movies ever made, and that is Field of Dreams. Not because of the baseball. I'm not a big baseball guy at all. 
baseball is just used as an analogy in the movie, but because that movie more than anything to me encapsulates and shows the power and magic of dreams and following your dreams. And that is really powerful stuff. And there's also so many other themes about humanity and rights and forgiveness and family and so many other things taken up in that movie that it's just the most beautiful experience. And, and, uh, I just I just tear up every time I, I I can't watch that movie without completely losing it at the end of the movie. So those are my those are my movie favorites there. All right. Cynthia asks, looking back at Tom and Dave in videos at the large events, do you feel like it's a Nazi meeting with the huge picture of L. Ron Hubbard above the stage? It has always creeped me out. Uh, the big picture. OK, Cynthia. Uh, I don't particularly think about Nazis in connection with Scientology. I, I did it one time, and I get the analogy. I really, really do. But I actually think it detracts from the significance and importance of Nazis. And I think that word gets thrown around too much. Um, now, I'm not trying to be critical of, of your question at all. I'm just making that comment. I look at those events now, and I sort of am stupefied at how in awe I used to be of those two guys. Um, how delusional, how, how, how the illusion of their greatness just was, was all I could see when I looked at David Miscavige or Tom Cruise. And learning the truth of what those guys actually are up to was, you know, pretty devastating. Um, but now I look at them and I just see ridiculous little men trying to parade around as though they're the most important people in the universe. And it's pathetic. And that's kind of how I feel about them at this point. It's sad and it's pathetic. Uh, okay, Kat. Oh, Kat Wilhite. I haven't seen much of uh, Jamie DeWolf lately. Do you know if he has distance from his connection to the Hubbard clan or what he's up to now? Cat, I actually don't know. Um, I've seen, I'm Facebook friends with him. I see him doing shows, educational tours, work with kids, independent film work. I mean, he's a very, very busy guy. He, that guy's schedule is relentless. Um, but I'm not, I'm not an intimate connection with him. So I couldn't speak to any, to any, any more than that. Uh, Janice asks, hey, Chris, did the Church of Scientology ever try to recruit Prince while you were working at the Oregon, Minnesota? <laughs> No, no. Prince was a Jehovah's Witness. He was not at all interested in being uh, recruited into Scientology. He would have wanted to have converted all the Scientologists to uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, Janet Reisenwitz asks, can tax exempt be stripped from cults? <laughs> yes, it can be stripped from cults, but it takes a tremendous amount of work, and there's a lot of details to it. Uh, Cynthia asks, um, will your son be coming to see you in Melissa in the next year? There are no plans for him to do that. Uh, I am in touch with him on a fairly regular basis, and we do not have plans on him coming to America. But that could change anytime. Uh, and I would love it to, by the way. I, I, I very much want to see him again. Okay, Kyle. Wow, we get a lot of questions from, the, from, from a couple of people. This is great. Have you managed to watch the show of Crime Scene Investigation Channel that have had a series of shows called Twisted Faith Week? Not sure if they showed it in the UK. No, I don't have cable TV anymore at all. Uh, so what we watch is the local channels that we have with the little rabbit ears. We got a little antenna connected to our, to our TV and we get Amazon Prime and Netflix. And so that's what I have access to. It's made it a little interesting trying to watch Leah's show for this whole season too. I'm going to have some challenges with that. Um, so I did not see Twisted Faith Week 
uh, on that channel. Uh, Robin Cobb, have your critical thinking skills ever made you change your mind on a subject in a way you didn't expect? Uh, yes. Yes, they have on all kinds of things. I think probably the first biggest thing it made me challenge and work on was conspiracy theory. Um, that was the very first real practical exercise in my life where I applied critical thinking in a direction of trying to sort out the actual truth of something, regardless of where it took me. Uh, I was a conspiracy theorist. I believed that all the things L. Ron Hubbard talked about. I was an Alex Jones follower. This was while I was in the Sea Work. So I wasn't an Alex Jones follower in that I was listening to Alex Jones every day. I was an Alex Jones follower in that I was using his DVDs in our recruitment briefings. So I knew who Alex Jones was. I knew who David Icke was. I knew what these, you know, what these conspiracy theories were all about. And I was a, fir- I was a total believer. I thought 9-11 was an inside job and all that. I could cite, I could talk for hours about it. And I did many times to get people into the Sea Org. So I went over that story over and over again. And then I started questioning some of the facts of it. And I, and I had a thought to myself one day when I had some internet access to get more of this kind of information for our recruitment briefing. So I was looking stuff up. And then I come across stuff that starts disproving the 9-11 truther stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not getting all the data on this. And so then I started looking some more and some more. And I unraveled that entire conspiracy mindset just with critical thinking. So, yeah, there was that. Okay, let's see here. Um, Critical thinking. You don't mind all the questions. Okay, I hope you don't mind all the questions. The general, uh, the general forgot his name. Anything updated on him? Ain't heard from him since he now is fighting against Mike and Leah in the aftermath show. The general forgot his name. He was fighting against Mike and Leah. And they, oh, are you talking about Marty Rathbun? Um, uh, no, nobody's heard anything from Marty Rathbun in a little while. Uh, he's kind of made himself wholly, completely, and totally irrelevant in the Scientology fight. And uh, that was what he wanted to do. That's what he did. I believe Scientology was behind that uh, in some fashion. Whether he took a payout or not, I couldn't say, and I won't. Um, I mean, you know, it seems like that would be the case, but I, I can't say for sure. So, um, so that's pretty much all there is to say about Marty Rathbun at this point. Uh, okay, James Weston, have you ever seen any of Darren Brown's shows? Yes, such as Fear and Faith or Push to the Edge. He would be a phenomenal great uh, guest to have on, especially to hear him deconstruct the Scientology processes. Yes, he would. I think he's a little above my pay grade <laughs> as far as getting him on my show. Uh, he just did a show with Sam Harris, actually, this last week, uh, which I still need to listen to. I have watched Darren Brown's shows. I think he's an amazing showman. I don't know how much truth there is behind his claims of hypnosis and converting an atheist to Christianity and this sort of thing. He really does these setups where he he really loads the 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 the, the game field you know in his in his direction. And um and 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 he's showing cognitive processes that we all suffer from and he's and, and with deception and coercive persuasion and and he does an entertaining job of it. So I really have appreciated what he's put together. The push to the edge show really disturbed me. I was I was not down with that. But then I was you know, told, hey, man, it's just drama. It's not like that really went down that way. And I went, oh, okay, cool. So, you know, to the degree that he's actually demonstrating these principles, I love what he does. You know, that he presents it as though it's all real 
Mm, not so not so much into that. Uh, let's see here. Isn't the fact you have to spend a lot of money to get into Scientology the reason it hasn't gained popularity? If they made it free, do you think people would start joining in droves? No. I don't think that is the case. Scientology is uh, is a destructive cult, and destructive cults don't tend to gain a lot of mainstream attraction and support. So I don't know that it's the fact that they're charging too much money because they don't really charge too much money at the beginning. When you first get involved in Scientology, you're paying fifty bucks for a course. That's you know that's not a lot. Twenty five dollars even for some of the introductory courses. Um, $100 for your next service, you know, something like that. Like they're not, it's a very gradual approach. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's the thing that's, um, that's keeping people out. Um, oh, Escari Navarro, random question. What was your favorite Marvel slash DC movie? Also, who would you go for? Nicki Minaj, Cardi B? <laughs> um, I don't know Cardi B. I know Nicki Minaj and I would not go for Nicki Minaj like ever. So I guess I'd have to say Cardi B, but uh, you know, I, this is, this is the person I go for. This is, the, this is the one right here. So um, as far as uh, my favorite Marvel DC movie, wow, that's a tough one. Um, I really like the Avengers. Um uh, but if I'm going to really be like completely honest, I have to go pre uh, Marvel Universe and say um, The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. That is by far my favorite comic book mm-hmm. movie ever. I don't I don't think that was just a great comic book movie. I think that was a great movie. I mean, Heath Ledger brought his A game to that thing. That was like crazy performance. And everything about that movie was so well-crafted. And again, I'll stress, while I was watching the movie, because that's my judgment factor for if a movie is, you know, is okay or not, for the most part. Um, you know, if I find out after the fact that it had all these logical problems and, 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 and issues and stuff, that sometimes affects my, my judgment with movies like it has with the new Star Wars movies. But, but nothing's ever changed my mind about how great um, the Dark Knight was. That movie just floored me uh, while I was watching it and every time I've seen it ever since. Uh, let's see here. Do you answer people who think you're strange from being in a cult and not seeing it? As I know from experience, I've had questions like that too. Um, I will answer questions from pretty much anybody who's asking me honestly or sincerely. Um, and yes, I have run into plenty of people who have, uh, thought that it was going to be an easy point score to troll my channel and say that nobody should listen to what I have to say because I fell for Scientology. Um, you know, people can change, people can learn, people can grow. And I'm willing to give anybody, almost anybody, a second chance. I'd have a real hard time giving somebody like David Miscavige a second chance. But uh, in general, you know, I'm I'm down with second chances. And I think um, that when it comes to having survived a destructive cult, uh, for somebody to use that as cheap points against someone to score some kind of insult or intellectual advantage over them is pretty disgusting actually. All right. Uh, favorite Netflix show. God damn. Uh, Scary asks, I don't know. Hmm. Um, as far as like a Netflix original, um, I'd say probably house of cards, mm-hmm. you know, probably house of cards. 
Yeah, that was that. That was a, that was the most. That was the show that Netflix has produced that I was the most interested in. Until Kevin Spacey turned out to be a dick, and then I stopped watching it. <laughs> um, that was God. That was so disappointing because Kevin Spacey to me is a great actor, but not such a great human being. Uh, okay, Lori Pacheca, does Melissa work some way with critical thinking? What did she study, and is she completed her degrees? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I have several degrees. Um, I originally went to school for theater, and then I went for film. I have both a, a degree in writing and editing for film, like or writing and directing for film and then a degree for post-production, which is editing film. And then I also have a master's in creative writing. Um, I've done a lot of stuff in the past. I haven't done a lot of stuff recently. I need to get back into the creative stuff. I don't really do anything with critical thinking. Like I said, it's more creative writing and, and fiction and stuff like that. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we got going on here. Um, yeah. Okay. Keep going on that, please. And we will carry on. Did, uh, oh, sorry, one second here. <laughs> All right, what do we got? Um, did, did Scientologists connect with the Free State Project? Patricia, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question. I don't know what the Free State Project is. Uh, Vern Bowling, hey, Vern. Wow, man, long time. Uh, have you heard of and do you believe QAnon is a conspiracy or that he is a LARP, a live action role player? I personally think that QAnon is one of the biggest frauds ever perpetuated on the conspiracy theory community. And I think it was done uh, on purpose to for lulls and for other goofiness and to see how far somebody could take that. And that's my opinion on that. And uh, I have some backstory on that, some research on it, not a ton, not enough to do a video or something like that. I'm not going to get into QAnon as a thing. I'm doing a big video right now that's going to be sort of the my final end statement on conspiracy theories and, and conspiracy theorists. Uh, that's the thing I'm putting together right now as a result of going to that Flat Earth Convention and all the other stuff I've done on conspiracy theory. But QAnon is just, you know, I, I think it's just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, uh, let's Heine, uh, Hen sorry, Henny asks, have you found another sponsor for your show? I thought the other one was helpful. Uh, thank you. And I am still considering pulling back up on, um, better help. I have to go back and revisit the reasons why that was being so controversial. Cause I have my doubts about some of that. Um, but I don't have another sponsor right now. I've reached out to a couple other, uh, potential sponsors haven't heard back don't know if i'm going to uh so it's just something i kind of keep working on um cynthia do you feel how do you feel about new oh captain picard show patrick stewart is doing for cbs uh, i don't know anything about it except that patrick stewart is doing a show as Pac captain picard so i don't have any feelings on it at all yet I am not at all impressed with star trek discovery and i'm not paying for the cbs app for that reason. So, um, so when I know more about it, maybe after it, uh, it airs, I'll have more to say about that. I'm sure I will figure out how to go about seeing the show when it first comes out. Andrea Strubel, Chris, if you wanted another Patreon contributed for a certain guest, could we talk about that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, we can have any conversation about, about guests or anything. Um, just message me through Patreon or otherwise, and, uh, and we, can, we can have that discussion. Uh, 
Um, let's see, Kyle. Uh, one more question. Have you spoken to people who have had a church cult experience? Thank you for taking time to answer my questions. A church cult experience. I, I, I Yeah, I think I have. I've talked to former Scientologists. That's a church. I talked to um, Christiana about uh, Bill Gothard's group. That was very definitely church related. And I do with three apostates. So with, uh, with former Jehovah's Witness and the former Mormon. So yeah, I think most of the work I've done has been with former um, church cult experiences. Uh, let's see. Despite Tom Cruise's involvement with Scientology, do you watch his Mission Impossible films? No, I do not. I can't stand watching Tom Cruise. He makes me kind of sick to my stomach at this point. I don't have that experience with any other existing Scientologists who are actors like Michael Pena or um, Elizabeth Moss. I, I, I don't watch Elizabeth Moss because I just kind of don't really like her that much. But that's just kind of an Elizabeth Moss thing, not a Scientology thing. <laughs> um, but Tom Cruise, I cannot, I can't stand watching that guy. Uh, and are you aware of any attempts by Scientology to impede or disrupt the activities of the Kabbalah Center? It stole the celeb cult crown in the late 90s, early 90s, and I wondered if this irked Miscavige. I actually don't know. I never heard anybody say anything about the Kabbalah Center or Kabbalah while I was in Scientology. So I don't really have an answer to that. It could very well be that there's a full-blown OSA operation right now against the Kabbalah Center, or there was in the past, and I wouldn't know anything about it. So I can't really answer that one any more than that. Sorry. All right. And let's see. I think we're coming up on the last one now. Have you seen the movie The Master, which is partially based on the story of Owen Hubbard and Church Scientology? So what did you think of it? Yes, I have seen The Master. It was absolutely positively Scientology wall to wall, beginning to end. That is what Scientology is like. And I thought um, I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman was amazing. As always, uh, his acting is top-notch, and it was uh, such a loss when we lost him. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix was was better than I thought he was going to be. It did a great job of exploring the codependent relationship I referred to earlier in the show about the cult, you know, destructive cult relationship between a you know, leader and, and his followers. That was the theme that Paul Thomas Anderson was exploring with the master, and I thought he did a really good job of it. The weirdness of that movie is the weirdness of Scientology. That's why that movie is comes off as strange as it does, because I am more impressed by the research and work and writing that, Phillips, that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson did on that movie than I am with any other independent third party, whatever view of Scientology that I have ever seen put together. He blew Louis Theroux's documentary away. In many ways, the master is better than going clear at communicating to you what it's actually like to be a Scientologist. That's a pretty tall statement, though, and I know it's, it can be a little bit of a controversial one because going clear was so goddamn good. And I've always said that if you want, only had two hours and you really wanted to get the culture of Scientology, go watch Going Clear. But I'd say now, actually, now that I think about it, hmm... A little bit of a tough call on that one, you know. The only thing about the master is they don't say it's Scientology. And um, and there's one part where it's a bit twisted around a little bit. But it's, but, but it's understandable why they did it the way they did it. And I get that. And I'm okay with it. So, 
So that's what I can say about the master is uh, in this format show, at least I could do a whole video review of the thing. And maybe at some point I probably should, because, um, because this it, people really should watch that movie if they want to understand something about Scientology. Um, okay. And what do you think would happen to Scientology if, and when David Miscavige dies? I'm not sure, Henny. Uh, that's a big question because we've conjectured about it a lot over the years. Uh, it could all fold and collapse or, you know, somebody could step up and take over. I mean, one of those two things is going to happen, but which one? It's just such a, it's such a crap role, you know, uh, as to know, as to be able to predict that future. So, okay. So we're going to wrap up now. Uh, so we've been on for an hour as usual. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks guys for coming around. Uh, and yeah, I think we're just going to wrap up. Is there any other comments or anything I should Pay attention to before we go. Okay, guys, thanks for coming around and watching. As always, leave any questions, comments, or feedback in the comment section uh, on this YouTube video, and I will see them, and I will add any questions you guys ask me to my big master queue list of questions I have. All right, guys, thanks for coming around. It was really a lot of fun, and I love interacting with you guys. Uh, so, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-